You're listening to Law, Life, and Culture with Betsy Kim on WNHH LP 103.5 FM Community Radio. Hello, I'm Betsy Kim on 103.5 FM New Haven's Law, Life, and Culture. Females comprise about 50.8% of the U.S. population. But according to a March 2017 Pew Research Center report, women only hold 21% of the seats in the U.S. Senate and 19.1% of the seats in the House. As of March 2017, the U.S. ranked 100 out of 193 countries in terms of women's parliamentary representation, according to figures compiled by the Interparliamentary Union. This lack of women in governmental leadership has consequences. There are laws about women's health, reproductive rights, salaries, and issues that really affect all of us that are predominantly still being decided upon by men. But an organization, Emerge America, works to support Democratic women who want to run for public office. We have on the phone Maria Stark, a co-founder of Emerge America, and in the studio, Allison Mulkenthin, who is starting Emerge Connecticut, a chapter for us here in the Constitution State. Maria and Allison, welcome to Law, Life, and Culture. Thank you. We're thrilled to be here. Yes, thank you. Now, first off, can you sum up why do we need more women in governmental leadership? Oh, I love this question. Um, there's so many reasons. It's, it's like asking someone why exercise. Um, you know, just pick from a long list of great benefits. Um, but to start with, women, um, research shows that women uh, are more collaborative. They sponsor and co-sponsor more legislation. They bring home more money to their districts. And um, and and they're more trusted by um, voters. So there's there's a, a, a lot of reasons to want to see more women in office. And there's also research that shows that diverse bodies uh, come to better decisions. Okay, what is the greatest detriment to the lack of women holding public office? One of the things that studies have shown is that women need to be asked on average seven times before running. Um, so you can imagine the scenarios where a man's buddy says, oh, you should run. And he's like, okay, great. Whereas a woman's boss will say, you should run. And she thinks, oh, he didn't really mean it. Um, so we call that the ambition gap. Another component is that women also often feel, feel that they're not really qualified. And okay. I think thankfully- so what's the detriment though to not having women holding uh, public office? Well, the detriment is, I think, the things Maria just mentioned, that women actually perform, you know, as well or better than their male counterparts. And we've seen that certainly in studies about corporations as well. And I'm sorry, Alison, I interrupted you. Can you proceed with what you were talking about, about it seems you are addressing more an issue as to why women aren't uh, holding public office? Right. Well, I was just going to finish with hopefully um, more are going to. And I think since the last elections, we've seen a great surge in interest from women in running at all levels. How do you respond to the idea that sometimes people are not always representing their own group's best interests? For example, Clarence Thomas at the Supreme Court is not seen as being a strong voice for African-American concerns. And Sarah Palin was hardly a candidate supporting women's issues or even really the credibility as women 
as leaders, the credibility of women as leaders. So I am assuming your organization is not just about support of any women just because they are women, but wants to assist highly qualified women who also take positions that are pro-women? Uh, yes, of course. We're looking for qualified women and we have an application process for the spots and often they're, you know, we're not taking everyone who applies. Um, there's also an interview process because we're making sure not that someone can just write well, but also they can speak well. And I think the main issues are that they have a passion and that they have a desire to serve their community. Now, Emerge America provides a seven-month, 70-hour training program for Democratic women running for public office. Can you explain the components of your program and how it works? Sure. Um, the 70-hour is set in stone. The seven-month is not as much. I think especially in the last you know, six months, we've seen some states wanting to run programs um, in a shorter time period. Usually, it's five to six Saturdays. They're pretty full days. And they cover a lot of topics. So the first day might be entirely on public speaking. Um, the second session might focus on fundraising. But we're about the nuts and bolts, teaching women what it really takes to run. Also, there's a component of um, mentoring and networking. We're getting them to meet interesting speakers, campaign managers, um, know elected officials, so that when they complete our training, they have the tools to succeed. Okay. Now, I watched an Emerge America video where women who hold public offices talk about the support they received from your organization. And at least one officeholder said Emerge America also provided the first contribution to her campaign. If women successfully complete the training, do you then offer them financial support? And can you describe that component? Um, actually, we do not. We are a 527, so we are only training the women. We do not support them with dollars. However... Um, as you can imagine, many of the women create and find a network and mentors during the process. And so often it's other alums or colleagues or people that they meet during the training that might be their first check. Now, Maria, can I uh, add you into the conversation in terms of the training? Is it similar for all women across all the states? Well, I, th certainly there are some things that are very consistent, like our public speaking training and our fundraising training, but then, then each state can tailor the training to various degrees to suit uh, the needs of their own uh, population. Okay. So why does your organization support Democratic candidates instead of any and all women candidates? Well, when you're talking about an in-depth program uh, like our own um, in a cohort-based program, you're, you're, you're having people spend a lot of time building their network. And it would be very inefficient and wouldn't make sense for people to build this network where half of it would have to be tossed away. So what you'll find is, you know, for training programs that are like the brief one-day workshop or a boot camp, that those often are nonpartisan because it's not about building a network. Uh, when you're talking about the long-term in-depth programs where you're building community and a network, those programs are partisan. Do you get funding from the Democratic National Committee or where do you get the money for your organization? Our money comes from Democratic Party donors and also from tuition from the program members. Um, some corporate sponsorships, but we have been independent of the party in part because we're here for good. You know, the party um, ha comes and goes based on election cycles, but we're just a consistent backbone 
for women candidates. Once you're in Emerge, you're always in Emerge. And so, um, you know, we've just been able to be independent, which we've really found a useful thing. Okay. At the top of the program, I provided statistics about how lagging women are in terms of the numbers in elected offices. Elson addressed some of this as well in one of her answers previously, but would you like to add to why you think uh, the reason is for this? Yeah, um, definitely there's a lot of research that shows that there's a big gap in two major things. One is feeling qualified to run for public office. And the second is being asked to run. Um, being asked to run is important for both men and women, but men are asked to run more frequently than women are, in part because we still in this country have a male model of leadership. Um, so, you know, the silver lining in Trump having won this election is I think he may have, at least for a generation, removed the idea that someone is unqualified to run for public office. So we uh, that's part of the reason I think that we're seeing such a surge in interest in the program. Everybody realizes that they have to step up and that they can and that they're qualified. Now, indulge me while I go off on my little jag here, but I think clearly sexism and out-and-out -out misogyny was a huge factor in the last presidential election. To me, Hillary Clinton was clearly the more capable, more prepared, more experienced candidate. It's demonstrated in every presidential debate, with Donald Trump even blurting out such a nasty woman in the last debate. And the email server? It's clear that that was just an excuse. It was more recently reported Mike Pence used his private AOL account to communicate about security at the governor's residence and Indiana's response to terror attacks around the globe, and his email was even hacked. I didn't hear any chance or see any signs of lock him up, the whole email outrage simply quietly disappeared. And this was just an excuse I felt to rally against Hillary Clinton, and that anyone but Hillary outrage was not only criticism, but hatred. And I don't think people can reasonably deny the misogyny. There was clear evidence of it with campaign buttons, signs and slogans that were crassly normalizing sexism and misogyny. For example, at Trump rallies, there were campaign buttons that read KFC, Hillary special, two fat thighs, two small breasts, left wing. How does Emerge even begin to deal with that and with people who think that is funny? Well, I, I, I completely agree with you that sexism was definitely present throughout the campaign. Um, we also have to note that Partisanship plays a major part in how people view candidates. And remember that when women run, they win at the same rates as men do. So while there is definite sexism and our whole philosophy is about presenting and, and c cultivating a pipeline of qualified women who have a different um, you know, presentation and narrative about serving in public office, um, you know, that, that is our core philosophy, is that we, we counter this by creating an alternative reality. Um, and there's no question that, um, you know, Pence not being able to have dinner with anybody who isn't his wife or any meal, uh, we learned recently, uh, you know, first, that's just really weird um, and infantilizing. 
But really, it's no different from ultra-Orthodox Jews who will not sit next to a woman or to fundamentalist Muslims, um, because the implications about that are, you, you, you know, essentially an exclusion of women from being colleagues of any sort. I mean, if you can't work with somebody or advise them or, um, you know, have a normal working relationship, how are you going to promote them? So, um, you know, I don't know what's, I don't know why, why he's so broken that he doesn't have the integrity to be around a woman without his wife there. That's their problem. Um, but we really are about building a pipeline of qualified women who have their own narrative to tell that we find very compelling. Now, the New York Times reported 53% of white women voted for Trump. How does Emerge address that? Again, I would say that the core philosophy and what we do is very much to counter it, it, what essentially was a white supremacist um, view of male leadership. And um, we, we, we're, we're creating strong women leaders, and hopefully that will be enough to slowly turn the tide. Allison, do you have anything to add on this area of topics? I think Maria said exactly what we believe is that we need to offer really um, strong candidates who are prepared and capable and competent and able to articulate their views on the issues and how they're going to help their communities. And hopefully, you know, the voters will follow. Okay. And again, indulge me. I don't mean to be whipping a, a dead horse here on this topic, but I do think there is an uphill battle for women politicians because there is a hatred for women who are out there, who are capable and not afraid of asserting a desire to be in charge. And that's thought of as ugly or unfeminine or domineering or nasty. And I think these women are penalized for not projecting priorities of motherhood and caregiving of men and children as their priorities. They're disliked for not grooming in stereotypical ways, for example, a certain type of makeup, high maintenance feminine hairstyles, and that, in my opinion, are cultural markers of submissiveness to men. This vaunting of prioritized motherhood and stereotypical sexy stylistic choices are a demonstration of a willingness to play by stereotypes and expectations. And, and, you know, that's according to my opinion. But those traits are not necessarily seen as strengths that get women elected to offices of power. Quite the contrary. But the flip side is you get pilloried like Hillary Clinton. So how does emerge and its chapters counter this pervasive cultural obstacle against women who want to win and succeed in political office? You know, I would say that, um, again, it's important to remember, because we want, I, I do want to encourage women to run, that, that when they run, they win at the same rate that men do. And so, yes, absolutely, women face an uphill battle. And I do think that one of the reasons we see that women are so much more effective in public office is because they're passing a higher bar. So the studies that show that women sponsor more legislation, co-sponsor more legislation, bring more money home, are you know more effective legislatures is really a reflection that they are more extraordinary than the men who um, run and win, you know, this is of course on average. Um, and so what we, what we do is 
have a program where we show women that having, you know, being your, um, you know, your authentic self is a very compelling narrative that voters buy. And that is what our program is about. You know, helping th- women find that and, sure. and project that. Sure. But do the merge chapters sort of have to avoid certain hot button issues? Because I think it can be hard in that you don't want to be marginalized by those who made feminism a dirty word. And the end goal is to get women elected. So do you counter these attitudes, but you know, have to walk a line because you don't want to be accused of being shrill or militant? <laughs> you know, we are, we're a nuts and bolts organization. We're teaching people, teaching people skills, giving them a network. Um, and so certainly those kinds of conversations will happen around the edges um, and people learn from different styles and models and, you know, but ultimately they have to choose what their message is, and how they can be their most authentic self. Um, And, you know, so we're here to provide that infrastructure. Okay. Oh, go ahead. One of the things I found interesting when I got involved with Emerge is just that, that there wasn't any training on issues per se, because I was told most women come into, you know, having an interest to run because they already have issues that they really care about and that they really know a lot about. You know, and speaking of uh, my speaking, at least of sexism and the whole nasty women issue in episode, I understand Allison is going to be manning a booth at the Nasty Women exhibition at the Library Institute on Chapel Street in New Haven. Allison, can you tell us about the decision to get women to learn more about starting a Connecticut chapter at this exhibition? Sure. Um, as you know, after the women's marches, there's been huge interest from many women and and luckily to run, but also to get involved and see what they can do on specific issues and overall. So we are, we Emerge Connecticut, the organizing committee, are trying to attend um, as many events as as we are able. And there's a lot of following the March events. This one um, is particularly exciting because New Haven's one of the major cities of the state, um, population-wise, I think power-wise as well. And this exhibit is huge um, and incredible. So we really want people in New Haven to be involved. Um, Emerge won't be located per se in one place. Obviously, Hartford is the capital. And so there's a lot of um, reason to have things going on around Hartford. But we definitely want people, especially women from all over the state, to be involved, to be donors, to apply to run, to apply to the training, to help out, to write articles, to do everything they can do. So New Haven's certainly a focus point for our efforts. You know, to be honest, in Connecticut, I think several of our politicians are doing a good job, and I feel both Senators Murphy and Blumenthal work hard to represent their constituents, both men and women. They're Democrats. Would your organization support these senators based on their work and then position the emerge women candidates to run for other offices challenging Republicans? Or do you take your cues and whom to support from the National Democratic Party and platform? Um, so working backwards, no, we don't take our cues from um, from any platform, as Maria said. We're really standalone and looking towards the long term and towards building the bench, um, creating the pipeline, also focusing on local politics, because often that's where especially women, you know, really learn the ropes 
and um, and get known themselves. But no, the, I guess the key word is support. We don't support any candidate. Um, so those men or women who are in place and doing a great job, that's wonderful. We certainly cheer for them. Um, but our job is to get more women in the pipeline. So we would certainly not make any efforts to try to unseat a man who's doing a great job. Why is an emerge chapter needed in Connecticut? Because we're basically a blue state and I think is generally, uh, at least in New Haven, very progressive. Um, I think emerge is needed everywhere because as you've mentioned and as Mario's mentioned, the stats about women in politics all over the U.S. and as a whole in the U.S. compared to other countries are um, quite compelling. But Connecticut's a little bit more purple than it used to be. And I think um, the combination of women needing to be involved in politics at local levels, at state levels, and at the national level are important. And that means having women start from all states. You are learning about Merge America with co-founder Maria Stark and about the initial steps to create an Emerge Connecticut with that chapter's founder, Allison Mulkenthin, here on WNHH 103.5 FM in New Haven, and I'm Betsy Kim. So, Maria, your organization launched in 2002 and now is established in 18 states. I understand California was the first state where Emerge was formed. In 2002, Republicans gained a majority in the U.S. Senate with President George W. Bush in the White House, assuring Republican governmental control. Was that the catalyst for the creation of Emerge, or how did it all come to be? Well, for me personally, it started a bit earlier when George Bush was elected president, which I thought, you know, things couldn't get worse. Um, How naive. And so I really felt like Democrats can be enamored of the big ideas, but what we really needed to be doing was building a pipeline at the local level. And so I got together with some other women in San Francisco um, to start Emerge. And ultimately, the specific political situation back in 2002 was that there were only two women on San Francisco's city council, the board of supervisors. And in the one of the most progressive cities in the country that just seemed quite appalling and um and so that was the initial impetus for starting the emerge program since its inception your organization has trained over 2000 democratic women to run for office 52% of your program participants have actually run or been appointed to office and with those who do run 70% have won their elections what would you say is the key to such successful results? Well, thank you. I would say our alumni, they, they believe that the benefit of the program is the network, ultimately. So while the content is fantastic, um, ultimately the takeaway is the network and the confidence that they can figure out the right seat to run for and go for it and have the immediate built-in support of their colleagues, not solely in their alumni class, but in all the classes before and after them, uh, because it becomes quite a community, a family of women activists that are motivated to help each other run and win. What are the plans for expanding Emerge beyond its current 18 states and in addition to Connecticut? 
Well, our plan is to be in all 50 states within the next five to 10 years. Um, this year, we're adding several more states, including New York, Connecticut, and Washington, and Louisiana. Okay. Now, Allison, in Connecticut, you held an initial meeting in Darien, and I missed it. So can you fill me in as to what happened? Um, sure. Well, this is a really exciting year because um, we're launching it in Connecticut. <clears throat> so we're doing lots of tabling, as I mentioned, at events. Um, we're, we have a landing page on Emerge America's website. So if you go to EmergeAmerica.org and search down below where it says Groups Information and click on Connecticut, there's a place where you can donate. And if you click Add Me to Your Email List, I basically get that and the organization holds on to it. So any news or events will be sent out by email to anyone on our site. Um, we're raising money. The The way Emerge works is that we need to raise an initial budget to hire an executive director. We hope to do that in sort of June, July, so that we can take applications and start our first program by September so that we're focused on the 2018 elections. And um, we've been told that anyone who applies and we don't have a class ready for them in time might be able to do a boot camp in a local state um, over the summer. And New Haven is a great city in that it's teeming with very smart people, I think, who are incredibly active in public life and care about social issues. For your purposes, I think New Haven would be a great anchor city as Hillary Clinton captured 86% of the vote in New Haven, according to the New Haven Independent. How would you like New Haven to get involved with Emerge? Um, I'd love to see lots of women involved. And as I say, <clears throat> the easiest way to do that is to go to the website and join the email list. Um, if, if you have a real interest and you do that, um, it comes to me. We're looking for people to do fundraising events, to do informational events, to spread awareness. I think the, the main thing is spread the word. And in a couple months, hopefully, we'll be asking people to spread the word with friends who they think should run. So if women who are even thinking about public office, I'd suggest that they go check out your website at emergeamerica.org. There is a wealth of information and you can even forward the site as Allison suggested to other women who you think should run for office as well. But what else should potential office candidates do? I, uh, Potential office seekers really should be building their kitchen cabinet, their um, their key advisors, in other words, and building their list of potential supporters and um, bu building their leadership profile in their community by joining boards, uh, by seeking appointed office. There's a, there's a number of things that lay the groundwork for an effective run for office. Okay. So, Elson, do you have any Connecticut meetings or other events coming up? We will be at um, a lot of events, even, I think, tomorrow, April 1st. There's um, one in Middletown, Connecticut. It's a, a post-Women's March. There's one in Bridgeport for sort of Fairfield County. Um, some of the gals on my organizing committee in Hartford are constantly at events. So, um, yes, we, we have sort of constant events. There's at least one tabling event a week, I would say. So would the Emerge America website be the uh, source of information where people in Connecticut could also find out about these events? Um, yes. The, as I say, the Connecticut, if they join the email list, yes. So do you train 
people running, I know, both for office as well as those interested in different different kinds of appointed offices. Is the training any different for people who are looking for appointed positions? No, the, the training is the same for everyone. And appointed office definitely can be a stepping stone to elected office. Uh, we do find a lot of um, women getting, getting appointed to offices before they make their first run. Um, but the training is the same. Okay. What about women or men who are not planning to hold office but are interested in getting involved in some way? Is there a role for other participants? Yes. As as I mentioned, there's a role for everybody, I think, because um, we'd, we'd certainly like donations and awareness to be spread. But I think asking women to run, ask that woman who's head of the PTO or on the school board or running a local organization who you think is amazing, suggest that she runs for for the next level. Yeah, and I think on your website, I also saw you had different speakers with people with different talents to contribute to your organization. Is that another way that people who don't want to run themselves, but still are interested in getting involved with Emerge can participate? Of course, yes. There's lots of ways um, experts, we've had people in Connecticut already come and offer their skills pro bono to do trainings or pieces of the trainings and to help mentor candidates or potential candidates um, and to help network. Well, thank you very much, Emerge America co-founder Maria Stark and Emerge Connecticut co-founder Allison Mulkinthin. We enjoyed learning about your organization and its efforts to emerge in Connecticut. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> thank so much. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, I'm Betsy Kim. Thank you very much for joining us on Law, Life, and Culture 103.5 FM in New Haven.